Hey, everybody, it's Kyle. Today on 10 Questions, Gail King on her career in news, her rise through the media. She looks back on the R. Kelly interview, has great Oprah stories, and is so much fun with another incredible final score. Gail King on 10 Questions. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall, and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Pratt. Oh, thank you, Bruce Buffer. I've never been more excited to start a show. This is going to be a party today. I assure you, the viewer, the listener, this one is going to be fun. It's 10 questions. It's not just a conversation. It's a competition. Everybody leaves here with a score. It could be a zero. It could be 10. Everybody gets 10 questions. It's whether they answer them right is up to them. Today's contestant is already itching to get in here, and I'm itching to get her in. But before she does, let's give her a little context. Because yes, you do get a score. And why don't we hear some of the prior scores from some prior contestants who have come through here? Have a listen, everybody. I'm Michael Strahan, and I got an eight out of 10. I'm Carissa Thompson, and I got a six out of 10. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd, and I got a seven out of 10. Okay, so let's get her in here. Today's contestant is ready. Let me tell you a little something about her. Oh, no, 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 Gail. I already blew it, I gave it away. The people need to know, this contestant says that she is a black belt shopper when she skis, she stays close to the bunny hill. She wears the same Alex Kramer dress every single year on July 9th to celebrate her CBS anniversary. And sometimes she gets calls in green rooms from Elton John. Ladies and gentlemen, Gail King, welcome to 10 Questions. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's pretty good. I like those nuggets. So far, so good. You have a lot of them. Um, Gail, I have to say, you were a little bit, I don't want to say balking at the concept of the score here, but are you ready for what you're getting into? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to her to get me through. Let's go. Let's Who go. is that there? Does she have a name? I just think she's cute. My favorite color is yellow. My second okay. favorite color is orange. And she just makes me happy. All right. Well, then she makes me happy. Like you, Kyle. <laughs> you're the sunshine of my life. Go ahead. <laughs> It's so beautiful, and I wish you guys could have been here before we started recording when Gail and I were actually singing. This is going to be a lot of fun, Gail. Ten questions, and my promise to you is that all ten of them will be somehow linked to your life and your career. If you get the question right, you get a point. If you don't, you get zero. And Gail, should there be something that's totally foreign to you where you really have no idea how to answer, we have a lifeline here on Ten Questions called Ask a Millennial, where we will bring in a real-life millennial to help you out. Sound good? <laughs> oh, no. Ask a millennial. Oh, no. Yeah. They're standing by. We'll bring okay, them in okay. in another window, and we'll be okay, ready to good. rock. Gail King, are you yes. ready for your 10 questions? Yes. Well, you said if it pertains to my life and my career, yep. I don't know why everybody doesn't get 10 out of 10 then, if it's about your life and your career. The but secret is figuring out how. Let's okay. see if we can okay. do it. 10 questions with the great Gail King. Question number one, Gail, your first category is Christmas that time of year. Let's see it, if we can get off to a good start here. Question number one. In National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, who plays Clark Griswold? <laughs> Chevy Chase. Okay, she says it with a dance and a point. Is it Chevy Chase's Clark W. Griswold? Yes. Of course it is. Yes. All right, 
We're on the board. Wait, we got my heart one is point. beating. I got to check my watch. My heart is beating. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to check my heartbeat during this time. Okay, oh, go ahead. This is my type of contestant. Gail's so invested. 54. Yes. All right. We'll see if we can keep it there. I'm asking you about Chevy Chase because you were born in a town called Chevy Chase, Maryland, Gail. That's where you were born. You went on to have a unique childhood geographically. In the middle of your childhood, you moved and relocated to Turkey, the country where you were for several years and before returning to the U.S. Did you have a happy childhood? Very. Very. How come? Very happy. Well, you know, listen, I've always basically been a happy kid, Kyle. And so to me, wherever your mom and dad are, and as long as they're there and you feel safe. So I had a very happy, you know, listen, I didn't even know what Turkey was. I didn't know it was a big deal. I didn't know it was an experience I was having. I just knew this was where the family lived and that it was good. I had a really eclectic, happy childhood. You know, it's funny. It's not like moving to Florida for a few years or moving no. to Chicago, Turkey no. of all places. What, what effect did that experience have on you? You know, when you're little, you don't even understand this. You know, from first grade to sixth grade, we did a lot of traveling. You know, I can remember vacationing in Athens, vacationing in Paris, walking around the Acropolis, saying to my dad, it's so hot. Why do we have to look at these rocks? Why can't we go back to the hotel and go swimming? He said, one day you'll appreciate this one day. And I certainly do now. But at the time, I didn't know that those were life experiences I was having. This was just the way this was just our life. Do you have a single happiest childhood memory? A single happiest childhood memory. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Kyle. What is it? <laughs> what is my single happiest childhood memory? I I can remember getting a first pair of skates. I can remember uh -huh. getting a dog. I can, you know. It's hard to say a single happiest childhood memory. Well, it's good that you have so many to choose from. I mean, it, I, do, it really I actually is. do. I actually do. A Halloween costume. I, I don't know. Do you have a memory of the moment when you were a child, or maybe you didn't know, when you knew what you wanted to do with your life? What I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you, did you have clarity on that when you were young? No. I actually didn't. You know, listen, I, I majored in psychology, as you may or may not know. I thought it'd be really good helping people with their problems because I'm very good at giving unsolicited advice or I thought I'd be good in a courtroom. But as a little kid, we had to watch the news. I had to watch the news. My dad was a big Walter Cronkite fan. So it, it's a surprise to me that as I sit here today and I'm on CBS News that we had to watch as a child. I can't, I can't really say, Kyle, one day I'm going to be on CBS. So no, I yeah. didn't have that dream. Wow. Well, you're living it now. It's very cool to see. And you're also living the dream of starting one for one. Gail, let's move on to question number two and see if you can stay hot. Your category here to get two points, which is already off and running. I am so nervous, Kyle. <laughs> now I am so freaked out by this. On, All right. I'm so afraid of not getting it right. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, we've had people who finished with a three out of 10, four out of 10. These are luminaries, Oscar winners, great athletes. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy, three out of 10. I don't want to be that guy. I took a lot Mediocrity of care Mediocrity is questions. not okay with me. Mediocrity is not okay with me. Never has been. Uh, never. Not when you were in Maryland. Not when you were upbringing. I, we'll, we'll get into it. Number two, your category is the 2000s, Gail. The 2000s, okay? And I want you to think about this before you answer. Who was the leading receiver for the 2004 Minnesota Vikings? Leading receiver for the Minnesota yeah. 
remember this connects to your life. Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. He was Ahmad very Rashad. good in 2004. Ahmad Rashad. Ahmad Rashad is an excellent <laughs> answer. Ahmad Rashad was a Minnesota Viking. If it's not your final answer, that's fine. This is 2004, so I think it was 17 years ago. And um, the only hint that I can give you is that you have met this person. You have met this person many, many times. Many times with the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a Lizzo song, Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> New man with the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. You even got I've a new man with I've the Minnesota Vikings. I've met him Vikings. many times. Many times. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 2004. Did yeah. I meet him? Was I with him today? You know, Gail, I can't say for sure, but I, I do think you were with him today. I really do. I know Nate was with Detroit. And I know he was with... Seattle. Yep. And I don't Could he have been with about, Minnesota? I, I, I don't hear him talk about Minnesota much, but if you say I've met him many, many times. You have. I've met Ahmad Rashad many times, but the timeline doesn't match up for Ahmad Rashad. So I'm going to go with Nate Burleson. All right. We got an answer. I, I'm rooting so hard for Gail. Some contestants, I don't really yes, care. Look, I'm rooting I'm, for Gail. I'm rooting for me, too. I'm rooting but, for me, too. This could be wrong. Is the leading receiver for the 2004 Minnesota Vikings, Nate Burleson? That's what I said. Yes! Oh, 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 oh. Gail, you got it. All right, I was you feel just better? About to te- I was just about to text Nate. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yes, Nate uh, com- comes out of college, goes to Minnesota. See, you had said Detroit, Kyle, or you had mm-hmm. Seattle, but I don't hear him talk about the Vikings much. He was very young. Very young. He had not come into his own yet. Wait till um, I tell him that he was one of the questions. Okay. <laughs> he was in here. I think he did fine. I think he got a five or a six. And for anybody listening who doesn't know, how dare you? Nate Burleson is my uh, former co-host on Good Morning Football and Gail's current co-host on CBS yes. Mornings yes. and a natural treasure, you and Tony. Let's just have the conversation, Gail. What's it like working with Nate? He, Nate, all kidding aside, he's really awesome. Number one, he's very quick. Yeah. That's the thing that strikes me about him. He's very quick. He's also very smart. He's always on his toes. He's been such a great asset to us. I wish I could say I'm sorry he's no longer with you guys, but I, I, I think it's great he's with us. He brings a lot to the table, as they say. He's the best. And, you know, I, I, I've busted his chops many times about leaving our show, but I always say he's one of my favorite human beings in the world, and I would walk in traffic for it. Nick Burleson. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, yeah, you you've done so many things. You you've you've been a producer and you've done local news and national news and magazines and all these things. What is it about CBS Mornings that you like to do the most? I like that it's live. I like that it's it's working without a net. I like that whatever happens happens. Mm-hmm. I like that you can go to bed at night and you could wake up and the world has totally changed. And, you know, if we're honored and privileged enough, you get to hear it from us first. I, I think I think it's an incredible, incredible honor and responsibility. That's what I like about it most, that it's live. It's two hours of live television, five days a week. It, 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 it's a dream job. I just wish the hours weren't so bad. But, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina. It is what it is. But that's what I like about it. Why do you like the live part of it? Because you can't take it back, Kyle. 
that once it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but even when you pre-tape something, mm-hmm. psychologically, you know, it's a pre-tape. Yep. So that if it goes wrong or it's a total screw up, you know, well, let me do that over. I like with live, you don't have that option. Mm-hmm. And so if it goes to hell in a handbasket, as my grandmother used to say, <laughs> then you have to figure it out. And sometimes figuring it out is like, so sorry, we're going to commercial break. That's yeah. what I, I like. The, I like the uncertainty of it at all times. I like that. I like it a lot too. People ask me what I like about my job. It's funny, Gail. One of the first things I say, I love that it's live. It's so yeah. exciting. It's yeah. such an adrenaline rush. There's no net, no yep. out. Yep. I like it. It's like walking across that higher wire without a net. Are there ever times that you wish it wasn't live? No. <laughs> Never. I'd, I'd always rather it be live, always. Yeah. You know, you guys also, I, my, my dad uh, watches our show every morning and he watches all the morning shows, just ships, flips channels. And he always says, Where does your dad a, live? Where does he live? My dad lives in Palm Springs, California. His name's Bob Brantz. He's retired. He's out in the desert. So he watches on that West Coast thing. And he says, You know, morning shows have this thing where, you got to have some sort of positivity. You got to have people have to wake up to you. And I watch your show. It's bright. It's energetic. Even when the subject matter can be really heavy. What is is your challenge in making it positive, making some people to wake up to? Because it's not easy. Well, sometimes, you know, the truth of the matter, it isn't positive. And so you can't always have that. But I said just this morning as I was coming in, because we're now on Times Square, there's something about the lights, camera, action before you even get out of the friggin' car that just makes me happy. You know, it's all the billboards, it's all the lights, it's all, you know, this is the crossroads of America and you get to work here. And, you know, the day is, listen, it's very heavy right now with the shooting of those four kids at that school, at the school in Michigan where the parents could have possibly prevented that. That just, there's, there's, there's no upside to that. But, you know, it, it's our responsibility to give you the news. And hopefully, I think you can give the news. You can be entertaining. You can have fun. You don't have to be a comedy team. And I think that we can do all of those things in the morning. Last question before we move on. When I watch you, Gail, do the show, and I've watched a lot. Hey, 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 Kyle, the- Kyle, Kyle, wait. Yeah. Were you watching before Nate came? I'll bet you weren't. No, I wasn't. Because we have our own morning <laughs> show. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I, I would never lie to you and say I wasn't, but I've watched so many clips and so many segments over the past couple of weeks. Um, have not watched, but I have since then. One of the things that you are very adept at is it's a tactful thing you have to do in these news shows about when to give your opinion and when to not, when to restrain yeah. it. Do you struggle with that? Yes. Yes. How do you do it? Yes. Sometimes I have to bite the inside of my cheek. Sometimes... If you, when I was in labor, they said, if you pinch right here, this is a very tender spot that that could be very helpful. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. Um, and sometimes I'll have a, you know, we were an earpiece. I'm sure you do too. Sure. The producer will say, careful, Gail, careful, <laughs> careful, careful, Gail. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, wow. Because listen, we are not robots, as you know, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And everybody who's doing the news has an opinion. Even they tell you do, they don't, they are not telling you the truth. Everybody, it's not my job to give you my opinion. But yeah, there are times I struggle with that. Well, you do a very good job on it. And I'm not going to say careful to you now because you're up two points. You're going to question number three. And this is when the, the warm-up questions are over, Gail. No, no oh, more, oh. no more appetizers. Here we go. We broke the <laughs> ice. Now let's get into it. Question number three. Your category for question number three is nicotine. 
nicotine. Gail, what brand of nicotine vaporizer is commonly mistaken for a USB stick? And you do have the lifeline to ask a millennial if you're into that. It's a brand of nicotine vaporizer commonly mistaken as a USB stick. Yeah, I think it's Juul, but I don't think Juul is around anymore. Okay. I think it's Juul, but we just did another one the other day. Um, uh, powder puff, wait. Uh, ah. We just did a story on it, because Juul, I want to say Juul, but we just did one the other day that's very popular. Uh, know that one you don't know that one no what did they say in the sats gail always go with your first instinct that's usually I know, right i know Isn't that what they i say? know i know hmm. okay what do you think i know i know i know but you don't you don't know the name of the new one you don't know the name of it either not a clue not a clue you just told me go with my first instinct and tony is such an excellent uh, reporter and journalist i would always trust him of course I'll go with Jewel, but I think it's that other one. But I'll, Can you I'm imagine go if I Jewel. would lead Gail astray here, if I would deliberately divert her from the correct answer? Is it Jewel? Give me the answer. Of course it's Jewel, Gail. You are three for three, my friend. But, but, but Kyle, what's that yes. other one that's very popular? I don't know. Yeah, powder puff or uh, I, I have no Puffer, clue. Powder puff. I, I don't know. I'm asking you about it because uh, I'm actually picking up on something you were just talking about. You come into work every day and oftentimes, oh my God, is it heavy? And it's COVID and it's politics and it's violence. How do you leave it there? How do you relax? What do you do? Well, I don't always do it. You know, there's sometimes you go home and your heart is very heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also know we're all part of this, this world called life. And you, you, you somehow have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Mm -hmm. you know, but when they had that, you know, I was a, a Connecticut resident. I anchored the news in Connecticut for a gazillion sure. years I was there. When that, that Sandy Hook shooting rocked me to my core because I kept thinking about those little children who were five, six years old with their little baby teeth. That stuck with me for a very, very long time. So you don't always shake it off. You don't always do that. But I also know it's also part of life. And you do have to carry on. Mm -hmm. I just want to be a compassionate person and people know that this stuff matters to me and that I care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, a t it's a tough line to walk because you're a newswoman. Like you said, you have to report the news sometimes without opining on it. But and yet, when that camera goes off, yeah. oh my gosh, you can't. I, they, they, we're talking about kids and the Oxford thing. Yeah, I struggle with it myself, even in the sports world. It must be really hard day in, day out for you. Yep, and it is day in and day out. There's some days we'll go to the first break and go, God, Mm -hmm. Is there any good news in the world today? Anything. Give me anything at this particular moment. So how do you then, on a personal level then, let's lighten it up a little bit. How do you unwind? How do you relax? Do you do, you, do, you do yoga? Do you go for walks? What do you do? I hate yoga. You do? <laughs> That's great. I've tried it three times. And people say, oh, you just don't have the right teacher. What is it you don't like? I go, the twisting, the stretching, the breathing. Other than that, I'm great. Um, you know, I, I enjoy a good meal, Kyle. Oh, I yeah. love a good meal. I love a great hotel and you can order room service. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love a pretty tropical place. We just mm -hmm. 
Cancun uh, for Thanksgiving. I took 16 family members. I love something that's tropical and pretty where you can just sit by the pool and people watch. That's my favorite thing to do. I love that. So you, you had a long day's work. You go up in the hotel room. You're on the on the, the bed watching TV or whatever. You call the room service. You can order anything you want. What's Gail yeah. King order? What's she calling up for? <laughs> well, if it's breakfast, scrambled eggs with cheddar cheese, bacon extra crispy, hash brown potatoes, um, two fluffy pancakes, okay. two fluffy pancakes, and orange juice. So Kyle, Kyle, you'll like this. One time, one time I placed an order, and that's a typical order for me. And the person on the other end of the line said, for how many? And that threw me. And I went, uh, two. <laughs> you lied. <laughs> I said two. So then when the guy came to deliver it, yeah. I ran into the bathroom and turned on the shower. And I said, honey, the food is here. <laughs> There's nobody in there. <laughs> now, why am I doing that to a random hotel person who I'm never going to see again? But she threw so me when she said, how many people? Because it was so obvious it was only one person. But I went, two. <laughs> the next level of that story is the fact that you had the foresight to turn on the shower to sell the lie. The cover up yes. is better than the crime. Yes. God, yes go big or go home, Kyle. Go big or go home. Hey, she likes her pancakes fluffy and her bacon crispy. Yeah. I don't blame right. her. She knows what she likes and she knows that she is three for three as we get into question number four. Gail, here's where the multimedia becomes involved. This this question, the category, every everybody gets it. It's name I, the movie. I'm so nervous. I, I no, didn't let's relax. Be nervous let's talking relax. To you. Let's relax. Let's relax. I know you don't do the yoga, so I'm not going to do that. Everybody does a name the movie category. Do I'm I have time play to go get some water? Of course you do. Can anybody yes. give me some water? <laughs> get anybody. her some crispy bacon. <laughs> yes, anybody. What are you drinking, Kyle? I'm drinking black coffee out of a mug that my uh, seven-year-old son made for me. And uh, it's a Father's Day gift. So right. I'm into it. I'm going to play you a clip from a very popular movie. This movie came out in the early 90s. I would be willing to bet that you saw it. It was a sensation. It was a massive hit. But listen closely to tell if you could see if you can tell what this movie is from. Gail King, name this movie. Did you enjoy the opera, dear? Oh, it was so good. I almost peed my pants. What? She said she liked it better than Pirates of Penzance. Oh. Did you enjoy the opera, dear? I almost peed in my pants. Yes. I, rec I recognize the actress voice. Yes. And then the man comes over and says, she says she almost liked it as much as Pirates of Penzance. The voice sounds It's a man and a woman at the opera. Man, it kind of sounds like Julia Roberts to me because I like her, but I don't know her. It's a man and a woman. Oh yeah, on a date at the opera. Was it a date date? Uh, <laughs> this is a big important question. Was it a date date? Or was I don't know it how a to answer that question. Date? Okay, was it a date date or a working date? Because she's had... Uh... <laughs> See, Gail has successfully 180'd the conversation where I, now I'm getting quizzed and that's what the great ones do. I, I would say it was more of a letter. I would probably call it a, a working date, and I'll say no more. Pretty woman walking down the street. Ring her up. She got it. Woman. She got it. <laughs> Gail, you're four the for four. You're breaking the game. Uh, I love that movie, Pretty Woman, though. I love that movie. 
Because yeah. I wish you would have played me the line where they're shopping, which, by the way, when I'm in L.A., Kyle, I always stay at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Sure. I love that hotel. But the favorite line in that movie was when she walked into the store and she's treated like, you know what, by those snooty yep. boots. She bought all the stuff and she goes, big mistake. You would have played huge. that line. Yeah. Huge. I would have gotten it right, right away. Gail, I would, you would have gotten it right, but you got every But you know what? You did help me when you said the ladder working. Okay. I'm going to have to scramble to give you some harder questions because you're acing the test. Don't, don't, don't. All right. Why am I asking you about Pretty Woman? Um, They go, they go to the, to the opera. And as it would turn out in back in, I think it was 1976 when you were a production assistant at WJZ TV in Baltimore, you met Oprah, who was um, one of the anchors at the time. Gail, do you remember do you remember your first impression of Oprah? Um, I had a favorable impression of Oprah. She and I were the same age. We were both women of color. It was 21, 22. I had a very impre- favorable impression, but I was told that, you know, don't swear in front of Oprah because she doesn't like swear words. Really? Yeah. Is that still true to this day? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. So you were a production assistant. She was an she anchor. Was a news anchor, yeah. How did you so in newsroom hierarchy, you know, she I'm here because I'm entry level and she's here at the top of the chain. Mm-hmm. And we became friends because there was a big snowstorm and I had, you know, my commute was at the time over an hour and she lived very close to the station, which is very it says you says to you something about Oprah because we didn't know each other well. Sure. And she said, just spend the night at my house. You shouldn't drive in this in this weather for someone she didn't know very well. And mm-hmm. I went, well, you know, I don't have any clothes. Da, 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 da. And she goes, I have clothes. You can, you know, we're about the same size. We were size 10s then. She said, we'll just we'll have to we draw the line at underwear. We have to stop and do some underwear. But I have a clean toothbrush and blah, 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 blah. And so I ended up spending the night at her house that night. We've been friends ever since. But this is the thing, Kyle. Years later, yeah. that story, the translation of that story in the tabloid was the night I wore Oprah's underwear, <laughs> which takes on a whole different meaning, as you might imagine. When yeah. you in big, the night I wore Oprah's underwear, which is so stupid. Yeah, it's, it's crude. And now and, and you no. have the real story. You get it. You, you specifically it. said that she drew the line at underwear, which yeah. anyone would. That makes sense, right? Huh? To me, it did. Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, if some, if if I was a PA, I would go home with with an anchor and I, I don't need to wear their underwear, but I'd be certainly very happy. It's it's taken a very generous thing that she did and making it, it some generous. sort of perversion. And, and this is the thing. I did not know her well. That's that's the thing that I think makes it so extraordinary that she said, oh, you know, now that I know her, it's not surprising to me that she would have made that offer at that time. Mm-hmm. And then we found out we had very like philosophies about, do you like so-and-so? What do you think about them? Do you think those two are boinking? What do you think so-and-so was good? I mean, so we 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 felt the same about most people in the newsroom and mm-hmm. we became friends since then. Plus, you have to say boinking because the profanity is not allowed at that time. <laughs> I still say boinking. It's a fun, it is a fun what, word to I, say. Do you know what it is, Kyle? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I have, I, have, I have a feeling. Yeah, you know, I got this mug from my son, as you know. <laughs> yes, um, I know. So all these years later, it is, it's, it's a friendship that obviously you've talked about that you cherish. Can you describe to someone, if someone were to ask you, what is it about Oprah that makes her special? You know her unlike anybody else. If you had to describe it succinctly as you could, what is it? Normal. 
Mm. She's normal. Mm -hmm. She's hilarious. She, uh, and, you know, despite all of her wealth and her power, she really does feel like you and me. Mm. And I mean, I don't care if the you and me is up here or the you and me is here or the you and me is here. She really does feel like that girl. Mm. That hasn't changed. That has not changed. God, is that hard to do? I mean, I've seen people, even the, the, the most well-intended, well-raised, modest, friendly people, and it's wealth, fame, power, and, and they can't help themselves. It changes. She's somehow been able to avoid that. No, no I always say um, for people who haven't met her for the first time, I go, oh my God, I can't wait for you to meet her. I can't wait for you to meet her because you're going to see everything that you think about her uh, in front of the camera, off camera is true. It's mm -hmm. true. The only other thing I want to ask about Oprah was in 2018, it was getting really hot, this idea that she may get into politics. And politics was a weird space in 2018. And I really um, wanted it to, yes. I know you were, and you were advocating for it. Very How did you feel so. when she decided that's not for me? Well, I was disappointed, but I understood. I mean, And she got really irritated with me always bringing it up. And I brought it up quite a bit. And I would say, I was talking to so-and-so and they said you would be great with so-and-so. And then I was at a thing and so-and-so showed me a, a, a graph of blah, 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 because I know Oprah's smart. I know that she uh, genuinely cares. And as we've seen, you know, political experience doesn't always make you, give you an advantage in the presidency. So I, I understood, I understood, but I was really hoping she would change her mind. And so this is a funny, this is funny, Kyle, because she said, the only way I would ever do something like this is if Jesus called me himself. I said, well, Jesus called me. What should I tell him? <laughs> what should I, because Jesus is calling me about uh -huh. you. So what should I tell him? <laughs> but, you know, she feels very deeply. She just didn't feel that it was for her. Do you think that would ever change? Uh, no, I don't. I actually don't. Is that disappointing to you? Um, not as much as it used to be, because yeah. I look at, I think the country is so divided now. I am very concerned about that. And I, I think you need somebody who can figure out a way to unite us. You know, we have many conversations. If the Oprah show was on the air, the type of show she'd be doing, the type sure. of way. So I do miss that. I do miss that. I miss it too. Uh, I watched a lot of the Oprah show. That's shows why we have now. Oprah Daily though, Kyle. I'm sitting that's here. That's right. Oprah. That's why we have Oprah Daily. We're here to help. You can always get any Oprah you like. Yeah, you and those can always great. get Oprah. You can always. Oprah is always there. Gail, you're four for four. I, I'm, I've been openly rooting for you, and I want to just keep going. Question number five. I am four for four. Okay. Okay. Four for four. Question number five. Your category is organized crime, and you have a multiple choice question here, so it gets easier. Gail, which of the following mobsters was imprisoned in Alcatraz? Was it A? Machine Gun Kelly, B, Babyface Nelson, or C, Pretty Boy Floyd? Who was in Alcatraz? Machine Gun Kelly, Babyface Nelson, Pretty Boy Floyd. What do you think? Machine Gun Kelly. It's not Machine Gun Kelly. You say that. Not okay. Enough. Leaves Babyface Nelson and Pretty Boy Floyd and Alcatraz on the island, Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco. Who do you think it was? Could I just ask you how this relates to me? It's going to land. 
I will tell you, it will relate to you afterwards. But now that you're four out of four, I can't keep giving you the, the help, Gail. You're down to two. Babyface Nelson or Pretty Boy Floyd? Who is an Alcatraz? Legendary mobsters. Machine Gun Kelly is, uh, whatchamacallit's boyfriend. Machine Gun uh, Kelly is a current musical star. It's also Megan, the name of a Megan mobster. Fo Megan Fox's boyfriend. Correct. That's a different Machine Gun Kelly who I think took his name from the mobster. So there was a mobster named Machine Gun Kelly. So either, okay. I'm, I'm trying to get a method to your madness. <laughs> either you're trying to throw me off with the Machine Gun Kelly mm -hmm. or because it's so obvious that it's Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. Gail knows how to play the game. You're playing the game at a high level, believe me. And then, and then, 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 I know, I may be overthinking it. Then I'm trying to think how this is uh, related to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then I'm going Machine Gun Kelly, so there's a G and a K in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For Gail King, no one plays the game like this. Gail can see the Matrix. This is We've done dozens of episodes. No one's ever dissected it like this. This is great. And yet, Gail, I am going to require an answer. I'm going to go with the GK, Machine Gun Kelly. She says Machine Gun Kelly was an Alcatraz. Here we go. Is she right? She's right. Gail, you did it. That was she a was, that's a mobster. Hair on my chinny chin chin. Whew. You're five for five. Machine Gun Kelly was an Alcatraz. But Gail, I want to be Nate and Michael. Right. Okay. You want to be Nate and Michael. So to be, what, what, you, you got to answer nine. What did Paul Rudd Paul have? Paul Rudd had a seven. Paul Rudd had oh. a seven. Nate had a six. So okay. uh, Strayan had an eight. But okay. we're doing great, Gail. You're five out of five. I'm asking you about Machine Gun Kelly because you have a history with a different Kelly who also is a criminal. Oh. And that is our Kelly. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> yeah. Right I, I got you right where I want you. Um, that's good. That's good. Kyle, that's really good. Thank you. Thank you. I, I somehow, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. It's a weird way the show is made. I start I know, with R. Kelly and then I get back to Machine Gun Kelly and Alcatraz. So going GK, GK. Okay. Whatever way you got there, Gail, you're five out of five. Um, it was a, a 2019 that yes. your interview with R. Kelly. Right. And I just, for anybody who doesn't remember it or hasn't listened in a while, I have a very short clip and Gail, let's listen to it. It's the clip that everyone remembers. This is Gail King's interview with R. Kelly. Have a listen. Robert. Stop it. Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. Robert. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. I gave y'all 30 years of my career. Robert. 30 years of my career. Y'all trying to kill me. Yeah, That's what's it hard. like to listen to That's that? That's hard. That's hard to hear. I actually don't even think it's funny. You know, when people play it. I know it was spoofed on Saturday Night Live and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But honest to God, Kyle, I thought he was having a breakdown. I really did. People said, oh, he was faking. That was a big act. I did not feel that. He went from zero to 200 in a nanosecond. I didn't see that coming. And I'd watched many interviews with him. And what happens is when he gets angry, he leaves. And so I was trying to do everything I could to prevent him from leaving. I knew if I made a sudden movement, I'd comfort him or say, you know, I knew he would leave. So I just thought if I just sat there and just spoke to him calmly, looked at, 
looked up, looked at the chair, looked up, looked at the chair. He would eventually say, I ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So please sit back down. But it's hard to hear because it's to me, you're hearing a man become unglued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. he's becoming unglued and there's there's victims in play. And as we know, yes. Kali has been convicted yes. and it's very dark. Yes. The part of it, though, that I can speak about uh, positively is that your role in this and Gail, as someone who interviews people, I'm sitting here in awe at the poise, at, at the confidence, just the Robert. Robert, what was going through your head then? How did you possibly stay that poised? Because I was thinking, de-escalate, de-escalate, de-escalate. Do not back away from the car. And, 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 and really signal to him that, you know, whatever is happening over there, whatever you're doing right here, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And, you know, that happened not towards the end of the interview. That happened sort of at the beginning, in the middle, and I just thought, I have some more questions to ask, sir. Please sit back down, is what I was thinking. But what was interesting, you know, people said, you must have been afraid because he's going like this and he's hitting, hitting, mm-hmm, hitting. Mm-hmm. I never thought he was going to hit me, Kyle. I just thought he could accidentally hit me because sure. he was sort of out of control. But he's screaming and I'm sitting there and a little piece of spit came and hit me on a lair. I hear. And I just thought, don't like any sound of us. I like I wanted to go. Ugh. Wow. Don't make any sudden moments. Just sit there quietly till he sits back down. And I was just thinking, I just want to keep the peace because I don't want him to leave. But I thought we were witnessing somebody really having a, a very uh, a meltdown, if you will. And, you know, keep in mind, that's the first time that he had given an interview after that very damning documentary, Surviving R. Kelly. At the end, you know, he actually said, you know, I thank you because I called the next day to check on him. I called his team. And they said, you know, he actually wants to thank you because you gave him the opportunity. Listen to this for people to see his passion and his pain. I go, that's how he feels today. <laughs> uh, have he seen, has he seen the news? Yeah. But um, yeah, he was he, he was actually OK with that interview. It's, it's my understanding. I haven't talked to him since then, but he was actually OK with it. Wow. There's so much, so many places to go. I guess just, I think, Gail, most people, when they want someone to calm down, they do the worst thing, which is they say, calm down. Yes. That, that's the last thing you can do. Yeah. Then yeah. saying of his name, did that just, did, did you just ad lib that? Have you used that strategy elsewhere or in your personal life with someone who's well, animated? Nothing, by like just- that, nothing like that has ever happened to me before, but sure. I knew I wasn't going to say R. Kelly. I'd been calling him Robert before. Right. So... And I, it didn't occur to me to say Mr. Kelly. You know, people around him call him Rob, right. Robert. So I just said, you know, I was just trying to, I was just really trying to keep him calm and not scream. And can you imagine, Kyle, if I had responded in kind the way he was going no. off? No. It would have it gotten us nowhere. It would have gotten us nowhere. So I just thought, okay, let me be calm because I wasn't afraid. I was not afraid. People said, well, I, I was, I was afraid for you. You know, my son and daughter called me later and go, mom, what? What was that? What just happened? Are you okay? And I go, I'm, I'm fine. I was never really afraid because I didn't think he wanted to physically hurt me. Mm-hmm. I still don't think he wanted to, to hurt me. The, the spittle landed on your lip? Right, right here. Oh right here. my God. And I thought, don't move. Well, you know how you talk like that when there's something you don't want to do? But I just, I just, when he sat back down, then I, you know, I did a little bit of that. Wow. 
It was an amazing, I, I am this serious. Was, this was, was before COVID, <laughs> but, 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 but Kyle, we've all been in those situations where you're talking sure. to somebody and you don't want to go, Oh, you spit on me. You know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to so embarrass them. Yeah. So you're just very polite about it. Wow. Gail, I didn't know that part of it. I don't know if many people do. It just keeps getting more and more impressive, just like your score on 10 questions, which is currently perfect. Here we I'm go, five, Gail. I'm five out of five. Five out of five. Strahan okay. got an eight. Burleson got a six. We're cruising into the back nine here. Question number six. Your but category now is- see, Now that I see, I should have gotten Kelly right away. Right away. I should have gotten that. Uh -huh. So now, but, now I'm going to do the context clues. Okay. Okay. Gail, you've gotten every question right. Don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. Question number six, your category is Walt Disney. Okay, here we go. Now is when we get wild. Gail, Snow White encounters seven dwarves. Yes. What are the names of four of them? Grumpy, yep. happy, yep. bashful, yep. sleepy. That's it, it's over. Ring it up. Gail is six for six. That was so easy. <laughs> what the hell? You're a sensation. Give yourself a round of applause. Oh my gosh. I'm giving myself a round of applause, Kyle. A All right, just for, just for well-rounded Disney fans, there was also Doc, Dopey, and Sneezy. Yeah. You're six for six. You just passed Aaron Andrews of Fox Sports, who was fantastic on the show. I'm asking you about the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves because hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Gail, mm -hmm. you work your tail off. And it comes down to three numbers. And I've I've heard this about you. What is the significance of 322 AM? That's that's what time my alarm goes off. Okay. It actually goes off at 324, but a lot of people think 322. But go ahead. We'll go with that. Go ahead. I'm glad to correct this. I speak this language, Gail. I get up, I used to be a 417 AM person, yeah. and then yeah. I switched it to 415. Why? Because I get this. Why do you go 324? Because there's something that comes on the air at 3.30 that I want to see. Okay. So I have to have three snoozes. So, you know, I have one snooze, 3.30 comes on. It's okay. on another network. That's why I don't yep. name it. So I have three snoozes. Uh -huh. And then I get up and bathe. I take a bath every single day. So that's okay. why. So to the people. There is a method to my madness. How long are the snoozes? Let's get into this. They're like uh, eight minutes, something like eight that. Eight minute snooze yeah. times three is 24. Yeah. So if it's 324, you're getting in at like three, 348 is when you start to watch your programs. No, no. <laughs> so then you, then you start bathing. I get it. Oh, then a, you bathe. Okay. I hop into the tub about four. You know, I lay there for a minute or two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I tend to do a lot of my catching up in the car because I also am in a car on the way to Manhattan, which I think is what you do. I come from Westchester. So I oh, have okay. a fair amount of time. You still, after after all these years, you, you still need to do the 324. You can't do just as good of a job waking up later. I know, I know. Kyle, everybody says this to me. Why don't yeah. you just have it for four? But I guess I'm just so used to this routine, if you can, if there is such a thing as getting used to it. And I just like getting started to know what has happened. You know, I have a whole big system in the morning. And so I suppose I could go to four maybe, but I, I, I haven't yet. I haven't. Listen, I've been there now. Over 10 years, 10 years, um, I ha it hasn't deviated yet. God, that's great. You know, it, I, I talk to a lot of athletes and it's the same thing for the veteran athletes is that they spent their whole career. They always work out the same muscle at 6 a.m. on Tuesdays and they don't need to anymore, but they think if they stop, 
I, know. I, I can't stop doing it. I might lose a step. It's so I fascinating. Know, you still I do know. that. I, I, I often say I should rethink that. I really should. Because, you know, I wear this watch so I can tell how much sleep I don't get at night. I, I haven't had a good night's sleep in at least 10, 15 years. I understand. Let the record show for all you uh, Gail King truthers out there. It is not 322. It no, is 324 a.m. Yeah. And it's six out of six on 10 questions as we get to the final four. And Gail has a chance to make history. Gail, question number seven. Your category is comics. Comics. Okay. Gail, who wrote? Not my thing. Not my thing. Okay. Yeah. Who wrote and illustrated the Peanuts comic? Charles Schultz. See, Gail King will have the audacity to say, it's not my thing. And then she answers in 0.5 seconds when I pose the question, is Gail King seven out of seven right now? Yes, yes. She's seven out of seven. How did you know that so easily? Damn it, you're good. Who doesn't know that now? Come on. (laughs) As a matter of fact, Kyle, that was so easy. I thought there must be a trip to it. I thought, well, wait a second. But I, I, I just know it's Charles Schultz. I just know it. Gail, I will change some of these questions in the final four no. if you believe this is to no. be too easy. <laughs> nope, 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 don't, 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 don't. Gail, you have three questions left. Finish the lyric is everybody's favorite question. Every single contestant in 10 questions gets finished the lyric. What I have for you is a popular piece of music that I know for a fact you've heard. You're going to hear the lyricist. They're going to be speaking, rapping, singing, whatever they're doing, and it's going to stop. And if you can finish the line, you get an almost unprecedented Eight out of eight. Finish the lyric. Gail King, are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Gail, finish the lyric. Money, poison. Hit it. <laughs> Bell, Biv, DeVoe, Poison, Gale, all over it. That was so easy for you. You remember that well? Yes, of course. I like all kind of music, yes. I don't know if you remember this, but we did a crosstalk, as they say in the industry, when Nate joined CBS Mornings. We talk to you in Good Morning Football, and we talk about all sorts of nonsense sometimes. Somehow, Belle Biv DeVoe came up in the conversation, and you were all over it. And you finished the <laughs> lyric then, and you talked about poison, of all things, which I thought was just really, really cool. I struggle with this sometimes, Gail. Um, I'm now getting older. I have my family. And there's all these things that are from the next generation that I don't understand. Oh, I love this. You're now getting older. How old are you? Go oh, ahead. Man. I old? probably just stepped in shit right there. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, next month I'm going to be 43. Okay. God, you're so old. Okay. Well, but compared to this 19 year old kid. Yes. Um, it's a hard thing to do to keep up with the times for me, for anybody. How do you do it? How do you Not stay? You like the music. No, no, no. I totally disagree. I love the music. Listen, Come they on. have a thing on, uh, every Saturday, the hot 20 country countdown. I love that show. It comes on from nine to 12. Mm-hmm. This is the thing about me. I will go to a concert. I'll go to a Jay-Z concert. They go, what are you doing here? I like the music. I will go to a Carrie Underwood concert. What are you doing here? I will go to Barry Manilow. What are you doing here? I mean, my my love of music and the variety of music that I have is so vast and so large. I just love music. I just love it. 
listen, my son and I, we, we flew to Paris. I was in New York. He was in Shanghai. We rendezvoused in Paris so we could see the Jay-Z Kanye tour of the, uh, the, of the throne tour. We, we run, cause he loves Jay-Z. Yeah. So we went there to meet. How was the show? Oh, the show was amazing. Was it? It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was great fun. Do you feel the same way with, you know, uh, every five minutes, there's the new hot show that's coming out. And do you feel like you have to keep up to be in the loop because of what you do? No, no. Because listen, I, I'm trying very hard to get behind BTS. I know they're the real hot thing. <laughs> I, and I know so that. But there's one song that I like about life. Life. Da, 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 something about life. I do like that song, but I, I just can't get into it the way that I see people getting okay. into it. Yeah, so I just don't, don't like I, it that much. Well, I don't feel I have to keep up just because it's a hot thing. I keep up if it's something I like. If it's something like Olivia Rodrigo, I like her. Mm-hmm. That album is so good. I like the lyrics. I like the I like her voice, but I don't like it because it's the new hot thing. I like it because Lizzo. I don't like Lizzo because she's a new hot thing. I, when that song came out, Truth Hurts, it was so good. I know. It was amazing. It really yeah. was. Yes. And it, it comes from so an I authentic feel, place. I think so, too. So I never feel I have to keep up because they're the new hot thing. I keep mm-hmm. up if I like them. If I like That's them. That's really well said. And you like a lot of stuff. Look at you getting I all do. these concerts. I actually do. I actually do. All right. Here's where you we know, are. Like, are you familiar with Kane Brown? I love Kane Brown. I don't know Kane Brown. See, I, I, I don't. Tell me about Kane Brown. Give me 10 seconds of Kane Brown. You guys have the same initials, KB, KB. <laughs> He's a country guy. He is awesome. Okay. I dare Kane you. Brown? Yes. Listen to Worship You. It's a song oh. he wrote with his wife, about his wife. Number one, I love a guy that professes a love for his wife. Listen to the lyrics of Worship You. He's okay. awesome. He's All awesome. Right. That sounds romantic, and I'm into that. Kane yes. Brown, Worship You, worship going you. on the Spotify. Yeah. All right, here is here's where we stand, my friend. You are eight out of eight. You have two questions left. So have um, I beat Michael Strahan? Oh, I have to do one more to beat Michael Strahan. Yes. You just passed uh, Jamel Hill, who had a seven. You now have an eight. Strahan had an eight. Yes, okay, you beat okay. Nate. And here we go. Okay. Gail, question number nine. It is contestant's choice. You get two choices. You can do 1980s Academy Awards or 1990s Academy Awards. Which would you like? God. I can't even remember who won the Academy Award last year. <laughs> 80s or 90s? Is it going to be multiple choice? It is not. It is going to be an award and it is going to be a winner. Um, if you can't remember last year, maybe you just go to the one that's closer in the 90s or maybe you're in a different place in the 80s. <laughs> Let's go to the 90s. I, All I right. Like Gail King wants 1990s Academy Awards and you do have the lifeline left, albeit with a millennial. Here we go. Who won the Oscar? for Best Actress in 1995 for the film Dead Man Walking. Dead Um, Man Walking. Okay. I think Meryl Streep or Glenn Close because, oh, Susan, wait, or Susan Sarandon. Wait, they played a nun. Played a nun. Listen to Gail work. She's good. I'm pretty sure it's Susan Sarandon. It's either Susan Sarandon. Okay. And close. Who do you think? She played a nun. I, I think it's Susan Sarandon. 
it's been fascinating think, watching you work because you came up with a couple names earlier and then you keep coming to Sarandon. Yeah, I think it's her. All right. I'm not going to bet my child on it, but I think it's she's. But you will bet your chance to beat Michael Strahan's score is for a nine out of nine. Did the 1995 Academy Award for Best Actress go to Susan Sarandon? <laughs> You're on fire. You have not missed a single Kyle, question, Gail. Kyle, Kyle, just for grins, could you tell me what the 80 question was? I want to yes. know what the 80 question was. Okay, absolutely. Who won the Oscar for Best Actress in 1987 for Moonstruck? Cher. Cher. You would have got it easier, Gail but you did things the hard way. You got it. Um, you passed Strahan. As we're about to wrap up, Gail, do you have, uh, I'm talking about Oscars, Academy Award, do you have a single proudest moment of your career? I've had some moments that I really thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. Which moments? Tell me. I love we had a great interview with Michelle Obama and her mother. We're the only ones that have that. I, I, I just think the world of Michelle Obama other and and the two of them together i thought was really a very sweet thing for us i love when we uh were we were the only show that was allowed to be at the african-american history the african-american history when it opened that big museum in washington dc they allowed us to go live and i felt proud on many levels that we got to do that uh as a as a morning show mm -hmm. you know we've done some just different stories that you've covered that you know, I, I'm proud of what we did with Sandy Hook, as heartbreaking as that was. It's it's fun. It's fun to ask you this question because I'm, I go all the way back to the first question when I asked you your happiest childhood memory, and there were so many. It was difficult to choose from. I, I think it's great. For me, and it I, is. For me, it's it good. is. Do you think? Kyle, uh, I am basically a very happy person. I really I can am. Tell. I can it tell. It takes a lot to piss me off. So if if I get angry, people really pay attention. If I start screaming f bombs and hitting stuff, which I never do, but I, I never hit stuff, but I have, I, I can say an F-bomb with the best of them. Sure. So well, I'm interested then in, in, in what gets you there. It's funny. You, <laughs> we know about Oprah's favorite things. Like what are Gail's least favorite things? <laughs> oh, I'll never tell mon chéri. <laughs> um, it may be missing questions because Gail, listen, you're nine out of nine. It's it's with only one person's ever done it. J.K. Simmons, the Oscar winner, got a ten out of ten. He's the only person to ever do it. But here we are. He's Question good, number too. ten. He's a, he a very intelligent, beautiful person. Yeah, he is. He is. But here we go, Gail. To to run the gamut, to have the perfect game, dozens and dozens of episodes. You'd only be the second person to ever have a perfect score. Question ten is always an essay in which I have found an opinion of yours or a stance that you've taken, and I'm going to present you with it. The floor is then yours to convince me that your stance is correct. If I agree with your argument, I give you the point. If I'm not convinced, you get a nine out of 10, which is nothing to sneeze at. Here we go. It's time this time of year, it's December. You are on record, Gail, as liking something that is very, very polarizing in this country. You like eggnog. Convince me why you are right in drinking eggnog because people, a lot of people hate that stuff. The floor is yours. I don't know why they hate it. Number one, have you tried eggnog? And it's, it, this is the thing. It's eggnog without the alcohol because I don't drink. So I like the sweetness of it. It's got that condensed milk. And have you tried eggnog French toast? Mm. I dare you to do eggnog French toast on challah bread, not just that regular sourdough, Wonder Bread white stuff, on challah bread, the thick 
challah bread. The eggnog French toast is like nothing you've ever tasted. And the only time you get to drink it, for me anyway, is once a year. It's very fattening, very high in calories. So I do drink it sparingly, but I love the taste of it. I love that it's super sweet and super good. It's, it's a great good. answer. I love eggnog. I love it. I love it too. I love Have it. Have somebody I drink make it. you some eggnog French toast and tell me that's not one of the best things you've ever had. With your scrambled eggs and cheese and your bacon extra crispy <laughs> and your potatoes. And on that day, when you have the French toast, you don't have to have the light and fluffy pancakes. So there. And if you order it to your hotel room, turn on the shower before you open the door so there's another hey, person there. Honey, here. The food is here. It's here, honey. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was an awesome answer. You get the point. You scored a 10 out of 10 and you have finished the 10 questions. I'm blown away. How do you feel? My goodness. <laughs> the Machine Gun Kelly thing was hard. That was hard. That was the hardest one. Julia Roberts, I recognized her voice, but you gave me a big clue with, was it a working date? That was a big clue. Yes. After that one, Gail, it was it was the Seven Dwarves. It, it was, it was uh, Belle Biv DeVoe. It was the Oscars. You just caught fire and you are so incredible. I cannot thank you enough for doing this and being here and being such a good sport about so many different things, some of them ridiculous. And I think that's the best essay answer we've ever had about the Hall of French Toast. Gail, thank you so much. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you very much. A 10 out of 10. The last thing that every single person does, Gail, before they leave, including all the ladies and gentlemen that you beat, is they do a call out where they look at the screen and they say, I dare you, insert public figure here, to come in and try to challenge my 10 out of 10 and see how you can do. Who would you like to call out? Oh, Anybody you want. I know. Uh, Who'd I want be somebody, in this atmosphere? I want somebody who would be fun for you. Okay. Somebody who likes games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I dare you, Amy Schumer. Ooh. It'd be fun. I dare you, Amy Schumer. What am I supposed to say? To challenge my 10 out of 10. Okay. I dare you, Amy Schumer, to challenge my 10 out of 10, play the 10 game questions with Kyle. I dare you. Gail, you you are so cool. This lived up to all my expectations. Wouldn't Amy be fun? Amy is hilarious. Do oh you, my gosh, yes. You know Train wreck, her? I loved it. No, I've never met her, but I've seen a lot of her specials. My wife loves her. She's unbelievable. You'd have a good time with her. It's a great call out. It's a great day. And I'm, I'm just going to keep saying it, Gail. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, you are all class. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kyle. A perfect score. She beat Oscar winners. NFL Hall of Famers, politicians, and Michael Gail Strand, and most importantly, I beat Nate Burleson. Drop the microphone. <laughs> She's out. That's 10 questions. This episode of 10 Questions was produced by Arjuna Ramgopal, Richie Bozek, and Isaiah Blake. 